Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. Thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. If you're a new listener, it is a podcast aimed at employers, business owners, HR professionals, and anyone who is interested in employment law. I cover a different topic every week, all focused on employment law and best practice. This is episode number 117 of the podcast. And if you are interested in hearing some of the back catalogue and you want to have a simple way of finding out what the topics are, you can find the details on my website, which is www.adviceforemployers.co.uk forward slash podcast hyphen index. And in there, you'll see all of the podcast episodes have been indexed into categories so you can easily find what you're looking for and what you might be interested in at the particular time. You can also subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. And of course, if you have any comments, feedback, questions, anything else you'd like to get in touch with us, as always, you can contact me. My email is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's featured content, which is the focus on a particular case this week. So this week, I'm going to be talking to you about a case which has recently been publicized and the judgment has been made available and you might have heard about it in the news. And it is to do with discrimination in respect of religion and belief. And it's about a Jewish nursery. Now, I'm going to attempt to say the names of the parties. um, And I do apologize for getting it wrong if I have mispronounced it. But the case was an employment appeal tribunal case. And the employer is Gan Menashem Hendon Limited. And the employee in the case was Miss Zelda de Groen. And the employer, as I'll refer to them now because it's much easier than trying to pronounce that again, the employer is a nursery and the employee was a teacher at the nursery. So I'll start by giving you some of the facts from the case. And the employee was employed by the nursery from July 2012 until her termination in July 2016. The nursery had around 70 children and employed around 24 people and is a Jewish nursery affiliated to a particular movement which is again my apologies for the pronunciation the Chabad Lubavitch Hasidic movement And it is run in accordance with the ultra-Orthodox Chabad principles. Now that's important background because obviously it relates to the claims here in relation to religion and belief. Now, Mr. Groen was a practicing Jew, I understand, and therefore held the same beliefs in principle as her employers. Now an issue arose because Mr. Groen was cohabiting with her partner and the nursery found out about it, I believe as a result of a barbecue which was organised by 
a synagogue that was affiliated with the nursery. At the barbecue, Mr. Groen's partner got talking to somebody and disclosed that they were living together and not married. This then, in turn, I understand, got back to some of the parents of the children who were said to have objected to the fact that Mr. Groen was working at the nursery and clearly not living to their beliefs. Shortly after the barbecue, uh, Mr. Groen was called to a meeting with her boss and was asked a number of questions about her living situation. And it would seem from the agreed facts of the circumstances here that her managers were basically asking her to lie about the fact that she was living with her boyfriend. I don't think they wanted her to move out or to get married right away, but they did say that her private life was of no concern to them. And the implication from the discussions was that she was being asked to confirm that she wasn't living with him. And I don't believe that they were actually going to terminate her employment if she had merely said that no, she wasn't living with him. In the course of the conversation, they also went into other discussions about her age, marriage, and apparently the fact that she was, I think it's something along the lines of she was 23 and therefore time was passing fairly quickly if she wanted to have children. As a result of this meeting, understandably, Mr. Groen was upset and was said to have been tearful and distressed by the conversation. Shortly after that conversation, there was a further meeting and Mr. Groen had time to consider what had been said and she told her managers that she wanted them to apologise for what had happened before and that she felt that she had been harassed and didn't want it to happen again. Subsequently, there was no apology from her managers and they then went on to invite her to a formal disciplinary meeting. The outcome of the disciplinary was that Mr. Graham was dismissed on the basis of some other substantial reason, which is one of the potentially five fair reasons for terminating an employee's employment. And they said it was on the basis that her remarks about living with her boyfriend had had a detrimental impact on the reputation of the nursery and that they had been placed under pressure by some of the parents of the children who attended to essentially get rid of her because she wasn't living to their views and the views that were part of their religious beliefs. And in turn, it was having a financial impact on the nursery. In the dismissal letter, which they gave her, the grounds for dismissal stated that she was acting in contravention of the nursery's culture ethos and religious beliefs so clearly linking it there to the religious beliefs of the employer. Subsequently Mr Graham brought claims in the employment tribunal for direct and indirect discrimination on the grounds of religion and belief and also for direct discrimination and harassment on the grounds of sex. At the employment tribunal they agreed with her and upheld all of her claims and decided that the disciplinary process and the decision to dismiss her were inextricably linked to her lack of belief or lack of the same belief as the nursery. 
namely that cohabitation outside of marriage was wrong. The nursery appealed against the decision in relation to all claims and the Employment Appeal Tribunal considered the case after the judgment from the Ashes Baking Company, the gay cake case, which hadn't been decided at the time that the Employment Tribunal made their original decision. So for those of you who have listened back, you'll know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who haven't, I covered the what is known as the gay cake case in episode 109 of the podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes. And that was a Supreme Court case in relation to the religious beliefs of the bakers who refused to bake a cake for somebody who wanted the slogan on it to support gay marriage. In that case, it was found that the reason for the refusal to bake the cake with the support for gay marriage wasn't because of the customer's sexual orientation, but rather it was because of the support for gay marriage, which as a Christian bakers, they were opposed to. So in this case, with the Jewish nursery, the Employment Appeal Tribunal had the benefit of the Supreme Court's decision, which of course is binding on the lower courts and tribunals because the Supreme Court is the highest court in the UK. And the Employment Appeal Tribunal agreed with the nursery and their appeal in this case in relation to the claims for direct and indirect religion or belief discrimination. They found that the reason for the employer's decision here was because of their own belief and therefore they would have acted in the same way against anybody regardless of their religion and belief. So in this case the decision wasn't down to Mr Groen's religion or belief, it was down to the employer's religion or belief and therefore regardless of an employee's religion or belief, if they were cohabiting with a partner that they weren't married to, then the nursery would have treated them the same. And in a similar way to the gay cake case, you can see that there is a distinction here between the motives of the employer in this case or the supplier in the gay cake case. In respect of the indirect claims that Mr. Graham was making, the Employment Appeal Tribunal also found that the nursery hadn't applied a provision, criterion or practice which had put her at a disadvantage. So just by way of a reminder, a claim for indirect discrimination is that an employer has in place a PCP, a provision, criterion or practice, which puts somebody at a particular disadvantage because of their protected characteristic. And when compared to others who are not at a disadvantage, who don't have that protected characteristic. In this case, Mr. Grun had argued that the requirement to make a dishonest statement about her relationship or private life was a provision criterion or practice. And the appeal tribunal concluded that this was not a provision criterion or practice, but rather 
an ad hoc measure and therefore there was no viable provision criterion or practice which could be identified to enable a claim for indirect discrimination on the grounds of religion or belief to succeed. Although Mr Gruen's claims for religion and belief discrimination were unsuccessful, the appeal tribunal did not uphold the appeal of the employer in relation to the claims for direct sex discrimination and harassment on the grounds of sex. And this related to the conversation that took place initially between Mr. Gurren and her managers, where she was questioned about pregnancy and having children. So although her claims for religion and belief discrimination were unsuccessful, the Employment Appeal Tribunal did send the case back to the Employment Tribunal to decide on the compensation or the remedy for the discrimination in relation to sex. In summary, the Employment Appeal Tribunal essentially found that whilst an employer is prevented from treating somebody unfavourably because of the employee's religion and belief, they are essentially able to do so if it's to do with their own religion and belief and that they do so consistently. So that is to say, if they treat everybody, regardless of religion and belief, in this manner, because of their own religion and belief, then it wouldn't be discrimination for the purposes of the Equality Act. That is to say that the nursery would have essentially dismissed anybody who was cohabiting outside of marriage, and that was regardless of their religion. So as you can see, it is very similar in the conclusion to that of the gay cake case, which I know for many people when you listen to it and or you hear the facts or you read about it, it is difficult to get your head round and how there can be this distinction because automatically you would think, well, that's got to be discrimination, surely. But actually, as with the gay cake case and as I talked about in the podcast episode 109, If you do actually look into it and drill down into what the law says, then you can see why the Supreme Court and then subsequently the Employment Appeal Tribunal have followed that in this case. So once again, the tricky question of balancing differing beliefs has been considered. And I think the position now, given this case and the previous one, is fairly clear on this. Although everything is, of course, fact sensitive And therefore, it is important to make decisions with advice and to consider things carefully before you decide to proceed with dismissal. And certainly in this case, the employers still have a liability in relation to the sex discrimination and harassment claims. So I'm really interested to hear what you think of this and of the gay cake case, if you want to go back and listen to that, and whether you think that the Supreme Court and the Employment Appeal Tribunal have made the correct conclusion here, and if not, how you would have decided these cases. You can leave a comment, of course, on the website, um, or alternatively, if you want to email me, I'd love to hear from you. It's alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. And of course, if you want any advice on this topic or any other topics that we cover in the podcast, do please get in touch. I'm really pleased that many of you have been connecting with me on LinkedIn. It's always good to hear from you. And thank you so much.
I am compiling a list of testimonials or feedback for the podcast for my website. So if you do have any comments and you'd like to be included, then you can, of course, email me or message me via LinkedIn. Thanks very much for listening. I do hope that you have a great week and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.